What does it mean to be future ready and future fit? What does it mean for a school, a community of inquiry and practice to prepare its young people to thrive in their world so that they are future ready and future fit? What might it mean for our world if we lean into our future, if we equipped, we empowered and we enabled all of the students and all of their teachers and all of their leaders and in fact the whole community with that notion that we might be good people, future builders, continuous learners and unlearners, solution architects, responsible citizens and team creators. What might it mean for us to be future ready, future fit? Series 10 of Game Changers, the podcast series helped us to answer all of this. I can't wait to revisit what we've learned over the past series. I'm excited, I can't wait. Let's go. Before we start our conversation today, Phil, could you tell us a little bit about our Series 10 sponsor? Of course, Adriano. Over the past decade, the team from A School for Tomorrow has been working with hundreds of thousands of members of school communities across the world to think about the character of an excellent education. They've concentrated their learning about what makes a school thrive into a unique suite of digital survey tools called Thriving for students, teachers, and schools. To learn how you can help your school measure how well it's achieving its purpose, go to aschoolfortomorrow.com forward slash thriving. Let's go. Phil, it's wonderful to be with you again. As you know, for Series 10, we turned our attention to being future fit, future ready as we attempted to unpack the provocation. What will our young people need to thrive for their future? In Series 10 of the Game Changers podcast, we once again had 10 remarkable humans, a social impact powerhouse, a true global thought leader, an amazing personal coach for female leaders, the dynamic director of the Woodley Institute, an ABC broadcaster, lawyer, author, and little pocket dynamo, a creative guru, a Rhodes Scholar, and a DEI champion, a hot-listed deputy principal, which I know a little bit about, Phil, the future of work leader from PwC, and of course, a young change agent and advocate. Each of these remarkable educators, creatives, and social entrepreneurs feel they challenged our binary thinking and inspired us on a journey to designing a better normal game changers who planted the seeds for each of us to grow in our understanding of what it takes to be future ready, future fit in this ever evolving world of work and society. Each series, 10 Game Changers guests shared with us all the, the key building blocks that help us to take the big step forward and up, as you would describe it, Phil, to construct the new social contract of education, today's learning and tomorrow's world. So it's about time that we sat down with each other and went through, as is our habit, what we learned. What do we learn from Ronnie Carr, Adriano? Well, you know, our encounter with Ronnie, the, you know, the founder and CEO of, of Oz Harvest, I feel was a reminder of the significant value of service learning and social entrepreneurship in our schools, an education that engages children and young people in active and responsible citizenship through community service and outreach in an education that connects, that empowers and that ultimately awakens. This type of kind of experiential approach is premised on providing learners with contextualised learning experiences based on authentic real-world problems to solve in their local, in their regional and their global communities, all designed to make a positive difference to self, place and the other. I think one of the things that I really enjoyed about learning with Ronnie was the way in which the big transition, the big step forward and up, the big transformation in her life didn't come straight away. It's happened 
in the second half of her innings, mm. so to speak. And it's a real lesson for all of us. There's, there's this assumption that to be future ready and future fit is the province of the young. It can happen at any point in time, so long as we get the disposition right, the disposition to lean into the future, the disposition to be open, and the disposition to accept that that which has come before may not be appropriate for that which we have now and certainly must adapt to the needs of that which must come in the future. And, you know, it's a theme that was picked up again when we talked to Dr. Ben Hamer, the future work lead at PwC. What a sterling example of somebody who in his own life has gone through a process of inward reflection, that inside-out development that we talk about so often as we ask those sorts of questions of who am I, that's the question of self-awareness, of where do I fit in, that's the question of relationship, uh, of how can I best serve others, that's the question of service, and then who's am I, that's the question of vocation. Ben has not only gone on his own journey in relation to all of these sorts of questions, he has continued to wrestle with that inner drive and external expectation, and then to shape the world around him as someone who genuinely influences the way that we think about the world of work today and tomorrow, and what it is we need to do to prepare learners to get there and to thrive and to succeed and to become the best versions of themselves. Ben provided our listeners with clarity around these mega trends reshaping society, Phil. We often talk about them, right? Swift advances in technological innovation and, and, and automation, demographic shifts, rapid urbanisation, shifts in global and economic power, resource scarcity, biosecurity challenges, and of course, climate change, all being tremendous forces reshaping society, leading to transformed economies, workplaces, and of course, schools. And what he was able to illustrate to us is the reality of all those things has massive implications, not only for the world of work, but the future of schools and education systems that best prepare students to thrive in this new world and environment that we often talk about as well. It kind of then moved us when we're talking about students thriving to episode number three with Margaret O'Brien, the founder and the CEO of Young, Young Change Agents. You know, Margaret is an example of an, of an educational leader who continues to recognise that we can no longer ignore the fact that today's prescribed one-size-fits-all education structure has passed its use by date. She also recognises that the dilemma for education today is that kind of, is the kind of things that, that are easy to teach and test will become easy to digitalise, automate and outsource. She knows that and we all recognise that. So Margaret is on this quest to support all learners throughout their education to navigate complex careers for their future with the necessary enterprise skills to be technically knowledgeable, digitally literate, financially savvy, and innovative and highly adaptable. I love the fact that Margaret is a champion of the voice of the agency and of the advocacy of young people. It can be too easy for us to imagine that because we're working with people who lack experience in the notion of what it means to bring about a meaningful transformation in yourself, in your community and society at large, that sort of local, regional, global scale that we talk about all of the time. It can be too easy to assume that that lack of experience and perhaps a lack of polish is a reason not to give young people the opportunity to rehearse what they're going to need to thrive beyond the world of school. And yet that's exactly what our students need. 
They need the opportunity to get in there, to try things out, to make them work as best as possible, and to then build layers of experience so that when they go into the world, they're ready to have a voice, to have a presence, uh, and to make that difference themselves. This idea that, that life needs to wait until things are perfect. Life's not like that, mate, is it? It's life, life requires us to get in there and, and deal with it as it is. And life, you know, it, we, we've got to keep up with the momentum. We've got to keep up with the opportunities that they present themselves. We can't wait. We can't wait for the world to happen to us. We've got to go out there and make that difference. Our young people need to go out there and make that difference. It's one of the things I really like about the work that Richard Owens, the Director of Learning at Woodley School, has been doing. He's a very gentle person, isn't he, Adriano? He's a very considered person. He hasn't lost the capacity uh, to wonder. He hasn't got, lost the capacity to see through and to see round and to find different ways of apprehending things. And yet, he does it at such a considered and nuanced pace because he has that deep respect for the other that you always talk about. You know, our conversation with Richard demonstrated to me aspirational leadership that is prepared to be open to lean into the new and the innovative, leveraging the latest research to inform and form next practice, not best practice, next practice opportunities for young people and, of course, the adults that support them. You know, Richard, what I love about Richard is he has this ability to curate a beautiful mix of educators, creatives and industry leaders to foster a dynamic community of inquiry and practice that challenges convention while stretching and awakening to what's possible. I love that way in which convention is challenged by the people who lead the way that we think. You know, I, I love the way some can also then provide a vehicle that will facilitate the musings of others, the wonderings of others. Lisa Leong, host of the ABC radio program, this working life is exactly that sort of person as well too. Again, very different person in, in, in terms of personality and background, but she's got a clear sense of purpose, doesn't she, that she's going to be part of the solution about helping us to think about what it is that we do when we work. Um, and how we can do this with uh, that sense of meaning that comes from a, a respect for people and place and planet that helps us to wrestle with what's inside us and find workable solutions um, so that we can contribute to the community around us. I, I loved our conversation with Lisa. You know, Lisa is this little human dynamo, you know, forever curious and always iterating as a continuous learner and unlearner. You know, our, our conversation with, with, with her highlighted to me that for schooling to stay contemporary relevant and importantly ready to prepare the future generations for the world of rapid change, it is clear that schools and school systems with industry must work together to make connectedness to industry and social enterprise a reality of today's learning ecosystem. You know, and that schools don't exist as these microcosms on their own, that they are part of a broader community, part of a significant industry that prepares generations for the, for the future of work and in taking their place in society, not as net takers, but as active and engaged citizens. Talking about active and engaged citizens, Episode six with the remarkable Adam Ferry, the founder and consumer psychologist at the award-winning creative agency, Thinkabell. You know, he reminded us, Phil, of the value in a punk perspective. You know, I, I'm not talking about the, about the rude or the aggressive or even the violent definition of punk, 
but the more the kind of categorizing of the unconventional youth, you know, who's unapologetic about being defined against the status quo, you know, Adam, rich in knowledge and wisdom from a diverse lived range of experiences, highlighted the value of challenging conventional thinking and provided us with a definition of creativity that at its core was true originality and it was about wonder and awe. It's also about having fun too. Yeah. It's just what I really, really like about Adam. We can get lost in the seriousness of being ourselves way too much. We can we can become permanently earnest uh, when we think about everything that's going on in the world and that which is yet to be done, you know, and that notion of, that we can't wait and that we need to dig into it um, can make us oh so serious when indeed sometimes what we need to do is we need to remember that life is a playground and mm. it's a sandpit and that we have unlimited possibility in what it is that we might do if we can free ourselves of the shackles of thinking and being like everyone else. It reminds me of the E. e. Cummings poem, you know, where he says that the hardest thing in the world is to be yourself when everybody around you is uh, is is trying to make you exactly the same as them. Mm. And, you know, Adam, Adam, Adam resists that and at the same time, he shows that through play we can reach excellence. You know, there's there's a person who really, really understands that that what our society needs is not half-baked solutions, but really, really good answers to the way in which things might be and things might become. And then there was Kemi, Kemi Nekopil. You know, a fascinating, fascinating encounter with with probably Phil, as I reflect upon our encounter with Kemi, one of the most complete game changers. Uh, that we have experienced over so many episodes. You know, this far-reaching conversation with the author of Power, Kemi, we had an opportunity to explore a little bit about curiosity, a little bit about compassion, a little bit about courage. But what we found was a dynamic woman of great conviction and that over, over a period of time, through rich and varied life experiences and encounters with others, has developed a particular philosophy of a way of being. A way of being that is unapologetically, authentically herself, who understands the power of creating spaces uh, for vulnerability to do the work that you have to do to heal, to grow and to evolve, and who, who is willing to kind of create the spaces for others to equally be vulnerable. And, and, and because we cannot do that authentically unless we are willing to be vulnerable ourselves. Yeah, I really love the way in which everything that she does honours the experience mm. of other people and, and and creates a space for them that you can't help but feel like you're on the podium with her, you know, that that, that, that you too can win if, you know, in, in what it is that you're doing. You know I love the idea of winning, but it's, and, and, you know, we can't always win. You know, as Kipling would say, triumph and disaster, those two imposters, they, they, they inhabit all of our life and we can't, we can't expect a perfect track record of success, yet we can feel as though that we've been elevated because with someone like Kemi, we've got someone who who dignifies the worth and value of all who come into it. And as does, in his own way, Jamie Beaton, the CEO yeah. of Crimson Education. There's a young man who's got a vision of the world, which is about access to excellence for students everywhere. So if, if, if you like, if Kemi is the values proposition of future fit and future ready, then Jamie is the value proposition of future fit and future ready. He's the guy who's sitting there and thinking a pathway to an outstanding tertiary education and a series of learning experiences along the way could be available for any student in the world 
if we want it to happen. You know, through his work as co-founder of Crimson Education, Jamie is forging, Phil, this, this important legacy in challenging the legacy piece of many Ivy League universities across the globe, giving more diverse audience access, to use your word that you just mentioned a moment ago, access to learning opportunities seemingly limited to a particular sector of our community for far too long. Crimson is a company dedicated to levelling the playing field in world-leading university admissions. Jamie has, has an insatiable appetite for knowledge and learning, holding many qualifications from Harvard, from Yale, from Stanford, and, and was awarded, of course, a Rhodes Scholarship from the University of, of, of Oxford, where, where he completed a PhD in public policy. Now, Jamie believes inherently that education ultimately is an investment in yourself and it is ultimately a human capital investment in your talents and skills development so that we can be so much more for others. Talking about being so much more for others, Phil, our special series that you uh, beautifully curate every single time uh, we, we post this. This particular chat that you had, or two chats, I should say, over, over three parts for each of them was with uh, Lorna Began and uh, Graham Martin-Brown. And each of these conversations reminded me of the true value of critical thinking and reflective practice. Two highly insightful individuals from two completely different contexts, each making a commitment to remaining deeply curious, equally compassionate, and courageous in their convictions to challenge and shift the paradigm in our schools. What is impressive about both Lorna and Graham is that they are prepared to do the work on themselves as they can so they can be so much more for others. Yeah, I you know, thank you again for allowing me to do this part of what we do. It's a, it's a real privilege. Um, two more different people you never come across in your entire life. You know, we talked about, you know, Adam in terms of that punk sensibility. Well, there's Graham Brown Martin, you know, at the, at, at the core of the whole punk ideology and still raging against the machine after many, many years. And at the same time, there's Lorna working from within the heart of school communities. So you've got one who's looking at out institutions from the outside in and another who's looking at institutions from the inside out. And yet what I really love about both of them, although their approaches to life or their personalities um, and, and their experiences are very, very different, what I really like about them is their complete and utter dissatisfaction with a world that isn't good enough in attending to the needs of tomorrow, today. In other words, a world that doesn't honour what we believe is that new social contract of education, today's learning for tomorrow's world. I really loved listening to the stories of both of them as well too. And as, as you know, and increasingly I've come to not only accept but to embrace uh, the importance of narrative in everything that we do, and mentioning Oxford, um, you, you know I had the opportunity to go and lecture uh, in the Masters of Science program at the University of Oxford recently uh, in their, their, their program in sustainable leadership. Incredible program, uh, the most in-demand program at, at Oxford, 700 applicants for only 20 places. I think there were a quarter of the students in the program were Rhodes Scholars themselves. Right. Um, and the whole premise of what we talked about, we started with, was that notion of story. You can't tell your own story. How are you going to connect with the stories of others? And then how are you going to go from me to you to us to take that journey from me to you to us uh, that we talk about so often uh, on Game Changers and at a school for tomorrow? And I think that Graham and Lorna are both expert practitioners, not only in telling their own stories, 
but acting as role models for others in crafting their own stories and helping to show the way forward in challenging convention, in challenging thinking that isn't right, in challenging thinking that is outmoded, be it on the learning side, as Lorna would do within the schools that she's worked in, or within the industry side, mm-hmm. which is what Graham's been doing for so many years now. Oh, it was a, two, two fantastic conversations. I really, really enjoyed the opportunity to speak with both of them, Adriana. And, and, and yet again, I, I love the opportunity uh, to work with you, Amico. Uh, one of the 50 most influential educators <laughs> in our country, um, um, thinking about what it means to be future fit and future ready and to and to weave in, if you like, for our school communities, that wrestling between the inside-out development of a school mm-hmm. and the external expectations of society around it. I've become so encouraged over recent times, Adriano, because so many educators are popping their heads up and saying, you know what, we get it, we understand, we need to find the way to move forward. We need to work out how to be game changers. We need to be less reticent about moving forward, about not asking for permission, but for being pioneers in a space. And in a way, I'm really looking forward to our next series, Series 11, where we think about what it means to lead through this space. Thank you very much, Phil. And it's always a pleasure to to work alongside of you as we curate each of these series and engage in rich and and meaningful conversations that reveal so much to both of us about ourselves, about our working partnership, but but of course, our our guests. So I want to thank them. I want to thank Ronnie, Ben, Margaret, Richard, Lisa, Adam, Kemi, Jamie, Lorna and Graham for sharing your story and your purpose. And to all those who have listened to the series or are listening to Series 10, uh, you'll now have a deeper understanding that everything that governs our lives is changing, not least of which is the new social contract for education, today's learning for tomorrow's world, requiring us to embrace a new mindset that acknowledges the prevalence of uncertainty. This real shift demands that we enter into a new fluid paradigm as good people, future builders, continuous learners and unlearners, solution architects, responsible citizens, and team creators. And finally, we should never forget that each person in our learning community is home to a what, Phil? A unique life. It's as simple and as complex as that, our friends, born from the construct of love for self, for place, for planet, and of course, for the other. Where can we listen to the Series 10 episodes if we haven't already listened to it, Phil? Well, Adriana, I'm glad you asked because you can listen to the Game Changers podcast on Apple. You can listen to it on SoundCloud. You can listen to it on Spotify. You can listen to Google Play. You can listen to it on the School for Tomorrow website. So if you like what you hear, tell your friends and let's go. Game Changers is a podcast for those who want to change the game of school. Produced by Oliver Cummins for Orbital Productions and powered by our School for Tomorrow, Game Changers is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play and SoundCloud. Tell your friends and don't forget to subscribe. Let's go.